Hey, welcome to the Grapefruit Agenda, everybody. We're a talker about conservative issues and the reporting that we see about those issues. We criticize, analyze, and summarize what's called the news we see here in Indian River County, the state of Florida, the United States, and maybe out there in the metaverse. So why is it called the grapefruit? Because we're sweet and sour. Sweet on conservatism and sour on liberalism. I know some great people here in Indian River County, and we'll get to know some of them, and they have a lot to offer, especially during the upcoming campaign season. At this point, we usually do the funny papers, a la Fiorello LaGuardia back in the Depression days when the newspapers in New York were on strike. So he used to read the funny papers for all the people on the radio, and they were satisfied to some degree, didn't get any news. Of course, there was no disinformation nor misinformation because there was no news. You had to make your own information. Well, what's interesting here is a development that's happened with um, Alejandro Mayorkas, who was under fire yesterday with uh, Jim Jordan and others in the House of Representatives inquiring about what's going on at the border. And Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security head, just had no answers. The numbers of people coming through, the numbers of gang people coming through, the numbers of drugs coming through... He didn't have much to offer in terms of information at all. So what has he constructed but the Office of Misinformation? This is not a joke. This is the idea, we think, of ex-President Obama, who gave a talk last week in Stanford, Stanford University, about disinformation, what is information, and the rights of free speech on the Internet. And sometimes it's okay to take away those rights on the Internet was the main idea of Mr. Obama. So here's his understudy, Mr. Biden. And Mr. Biden likes everything that Mr. Obama has done so that he now is getting the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, born in Cuba and educated. Jim, where did you say he was educated? UC Berkeley. No, not my school again at Berkeley. UC Berkeley where I was miseducated. I was miseducated at Berkeley. He was a graduate of Berkeley, so he must come up with something unique. And what he, I think, and Obama and Biden have come up with is a new division, a U.S. Department of Homeland Security office called the Office of Misinformation and Disinformation. This is unbelievable. Now, this is reported by the source. The source we have here is called the American Military News. It's being reported by a lot of different sources, but this is quoting stuff that was in the Politico. So let me just read this description of what's going on with disinformation and misinformation. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security under President Joe Biden is starting a new office. It says we'll focus on countering, quote, misinformation and, quote, disinformation. On Wednesday, Politico first reported that DHS was establishing an office. And we also talked about the person they put in charge. Now, this Miss Nina Jankowitz is talking about misinformation and disinformation about, quote, irregular migration and Russia. Now, we know, we think we know what misinformation was about Russia. Now, Democrats think they have information about the misinformation that was misinformed and disinformed during the dis, diselection and the miselection of 2020, eh, 2016 for that matter. So Nina Jankowitz, who was chosen to serve as the board's inaugural executive director, retweeted Politico's reporting and confirmed the news. And we got this so far, Grapefruiters. She says the cat's out of the bag. Here's what I've been up to the past two months, and she goes on to say what she's done, meaningless crapola, but 
And then she says she's honored to be serving in the Biden administration. So she said, election meddling wasn't the only reason Donald Trump won the 2016 election, but it was a significant contributing factor and wrote that Trump used the term fake news to describe any narrative they find politically inconvenient, as in everything that the Democrats and Hillary said. This is P. Norman Grant saying those. Here we are with the disinformation from Russia, which were truly hard to find. The Russian disinformation, which was really debunked. Slim Jim, do you remember any Russian misinformation that came to our ears that they were quoting? What was it? The Steele dossier is one oh, of them. Oh, that, was that one. Yeah, that's... <laughs> all, all about and and Trump's uh, association with the Alpha Bank in, in Russia. Yeah, there was misinformation. So here we are comfortably ensconced in a new office called the Office of Misinformation and Disinformation, but they failed to find those little goodies back in 2016. And then in 2020, ahead of the 2020 U.S. election, Jankowitz authored an op-ed in The Atlantic, a great lefty magazine, don't you think? She's titled, Trump's version of poll watching sounds like thuggery. Let me read that again. Trump's version of poll watching sounds like thuggery. This is now the person in charge of misinformation and disinformation in the United States government under the Department of Homeland Security, which is chieftained by Mr. Mayorkas of Cal Berkeley. So this is in response to a November 2021 report about Trump's allies endorsing supporters to fill local election board seats throughout the country. Jankowitz retweeted the option they opted with the caption, yep, the op-ed it was, with the caption, yep, sadly, I feared this would happen when the Trump campaign injected violence into election observation last year. Now, far from just sending observers, they're infecting the process itself. Now, Slim Jim, I'm just finishing up Molly Hemingway's book called Rigged. This is exactly what she talks about in terms of the Democrats and Zuckerbucks filling up the boards of election. And then here's Jankowitz, the new misinformation and disinformation lead, telling us exactly the opposite happened with the Republicans doing it with baseless claims. I see no I see no evidence. So she says, sadly, I feared this would happen when the Trump campaign injected violence into the election. I, I don't remember the violence, but here's the violence from Portland. Now listen to this angle, grapefruiters. In September 2020, amid weeks of riots in Portland, in which participants set fires in and around police buildings, Jankowitz tweeted, Trump talking about how he would, quote, put out that fire in Portland is the language of authoritarianism. It means the violent clearing of protesters, arrests without cause, abuse of human rights. That's not law enforcement. That's lawlessness. She said, the head of the new department of disinformation and misinformation. So grapefruiters, we have some work ahead of us. To unwind this, this is going to be a real fun few years watching the disinformation and misinformation heads bang against reality. In other news, grapefruiters, I'm looking at the consequences of Governor DeSantis' fight with Disney. And I've got some theories about how Disney and other corporations have decided to move toward the woke side of life. They're woke. Woke meaning be awakened to the negativity of the United States history. That's the woke. The woke is to see culture in an upside-down fashion, to see the glass, of course, half empty, to see racism as embodied in everything we do in this country, to see that the progressive left are the only ones who can really create our culture. That's the woke. Are you woke? 
No, we're not woke. We're woke to the opposition. We're woke to the woke. That's what we're woke to. So I'm looking at a group of people that are influencing the credit ratings of major corporations around the country, maybe influencing Disney, maybe influencing Coca-Cola, maybe Delta, maybe Major League Baseball. You recall when they moved the All-Star game because the woke Major League Baseball decided to take the All-Star game out of Atlanta, Georgia, because of the racism that's there. Could have been Stacey Abrams. Standard & Poor's, the most esteemed financial rating service, is extorting corporations, small businesses, and now states for lowering their reputations if they don't do the woke thing. Recently, there was just a letter written by the Attorney General of, of Utah, the state of Utah, saying they will not cooperate in something called the ESG Engagement Campaign. What we've got is the new DEI, the new Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Combo. This is called the ESG. This meaning a way to measure the people who have credit in large corporations and how the credit is recorded by Standard & Poor's. Standard & Poor's is the most esteemed financial rating service. It's extorting corporations, small businesses, and now states with lowering their reputations if they don't do the woke thing. The woke thing. The woke thing is the progressive thing. The woke is awakened to the negative parts of our history the negative parts of our society, and trying to impress upon most of the people in the country that socialism is good, that genderism is good, and that a lot of other things we haven't considered in our culture are the way to go. Progressive culture is the woke, okay? So as we see DeSantis' conflict with Disney, we have some great examples of the wokeness and the anti-woke. So Disney's reaction to DeSantis' parental rights bill tipped the hand. And now we see people looking at companies like Alliance Bernstein. Alliance Bernstein is a company that rates companies according to their wokeness. So they have a campaign called ESG, 2021 ESG Engagement Campaign. This is their report. So E is for environmental. Clients must be green. S is for societal or social justice. Could be why BLM is swimming in dough and building mansions with the money from ESG, because the corporations have to have the S, the social justice, and G is for government. So what we want to think is that the inclination to move left is the purpose of extorting them with high ratings. So what they're doing is making a scorecard. They have a grade book. And what they're doing is going to different corporations that are invested in Standard & Poor's and majorly grading them on their green their environmental, their climate risk, and here's a good one, modern slavery. This is what the campaign scorecard is this year. They're talking about modern slavery, and if you have any slaves, you will not be treated well by Standard & Poor's because they're going to learn about your slavery. Now, this is interesting. The responsibility officer, the chief responsibility officer for Alliance Bernstein, the one that feeds Standard & Poor's the report, the report on you, Coca-Cola, Major League Baseball, NFL, and the like. Disney. And Disney. Disney, Slim Jim, they can't say ladies and gentlemen at Disney anymore. Do you think the woke has taken over Disney? They've taken it over so far that they're even degendering their former cartoons, like removing Captain Hook from Peter Pan, taking his hook off because it may uh, 
may make people that are disabled feel badly. We have handicapped bias, I see. So we see a, a large wokeness creeping in through these corporations. And one of the reasons may be that they're being extorted by people like the Alliance Bernstein. So S&P will report on you if you have bad green stuff and you have bad government stuff and if you have slavery in your portfolio. So the responsibility officer, this is a Michelle Dunstan reports at AB, active engagement with issuers is fundamental to our research and investment processes. Our investment analysts, in partnership with the responsibility team, you got to be responsible, Disney. But we believe that centralized campaigns can help drive meaningful outcomes and better results for our clients. In 2020, we conducted our inaugural ESG engagement campaign with dozens of our equity analysts. And by equity, I'm sure they mean equity. Everybody comes out equal. Engaging with hundreds of companies on two key issues, incorporating ESG metrics into executive compensation plans and adopting climate risk goals and disclosures. So if you pay your people too much, there might be a little risk involved in that, I suppose. So we might be discussing equity in terms of remuneration, compensation, pay, salary, equity among Government, not non-government, non-government private corporations. We were impressed with the thoughtful approach of some leaders, and we told laggards that we would follow up the next year to check for progress. We have laggards, people, in corporate culture. So when we see the laggards, we want to know what kind of laggards do we have. Like this, in the climate case studies. Here's a climate case study by this company. It's reporting to Alliance Bernstein. And they have one on a credit corp. We engaged with Credit Corp, the leading financial services firm in Peru, on climate risk goals and disclosures. It had no formal climate risk strategy. So I wonder if they got a B, or maybe a C, or one of the grades we got in the Petty School Slim Jim, the awful C minus. Ever get a C minus at Petty? Unfortunately, I did not ever get a C minus. <laughs> you get the D. I know you get the D. <laughs> so we have a grocery outlet, food retailers. This discount supermarket grocery outlet sells products through a network of independently owned and operated stores. When we spoke with the company in 2020 about climate risk, goals, and disclosures, it did not have a formal climate strategy or any related disclosures. I suppose, and I predict, bad, bad grade book. Your report card is going to go down the grocery outlet. Here's one last one. This is the Chart Industries from North America. Chart Industries is an independent global manufacturer of highly engineered equipment for the clean energy and industrial gas markets. Should be getting a good grade from these people over the standard and poor's. And so people will invest, of course, in capitalist companies that are green, slave-free, and highly cooperative with the woke Across its portfolio, Chart is trying to minimize the adverse impact of its products, operations, and supply chain. We have been engaging with the company for a few years on its climate strategy. While the firm had taken measures to improve its energy efficiency and reduce energy consumption at its facilities, when we engaged in 2020, when we engaged, when we studied them, when we crept inside their wall lockers, maybe had cameras in the ladies' room, it had not yet set firm wide energy efficiency or carbon emissions goals, something that we promised to follow up on. Now, we just went through, we just went through the misinformation and disinformation, disinformation queen, and now we have the person that's in charge of checking on your 
corporation to see if it's green enough, but that doesn't really ring the bell. Here's what gets me. The modern slavery risks. This is Lance Bernstein checking up your company to see if it has any slavery or bondage or child laborhood practices, child labor practices. The issue, modern slavery, including forced labor, debt bondage, forced marriage, slavery, and slavery-like practices, human trafficking, and child labor is a pervasive social issue. Is it not? At the border, maybe, Mr. Mayorkas. The International Labor Organization and the Walk Free Foundation, in partnership with the IOM, International Organization for Migration, estimated in 2017 that 40 million people were victims of modern slavery and that forced labor generates $150 in U.S. profits annually. To end modern slavery by the United Nations, Sustainable Development Goals, target of 2030, more than 10,000 people would have to be freed each day. I can imagine we'd have a constant parade, Slim Jim. Wow. Each day we'd have a parade with flags because we have 10,000 people free. Now, where are these people? I'm looking through all the information. This is 30 pages from the AB, Alliance Bernstein. I see no country with actual slavery. I see hints of child labor, but active investors, I continue, are in a unique position to address the systemic problem of modern slavery. This is part of the report card. If you don't do well in slavery, you're going to get a bad report administered to by AB to Standard & Poor's, and therefore your credit rating will go down and the civilization will end as we know it. So with deep industry knowledge, AB and other active managers are able to zero in on industries, regions, and companies at high risk of modern slavery. In many cases, investors also have the ear of company management using the power of capitalist shareholders or bondholders to encourage companies to adopt best practices. So my... My crusade now is to find out how much slavery is occurring at Disney. Modern slavery risk matrix is now we have a, a whole risk matrix graphic here with the modern day slavery engagement results. And Disney, we're going to find it. Somehow we're going to find that you and your corporation, I'm just kidding, grapefruiters, but this is the company. This is how they compile a great, great book, a new report card for those who are woke, the woke corporations, which could include Walt Disney's company. Remember, this is P. Norman Grant and Slim Jim. And remember to fit in a grapefruit agenda podcast whenever you can.